hearts are filled with expectation. They are filled with love and a passion for you. We have a hunger and a thirst that only you can satisfy. Lord, we enter this moment with anticipation. We know that in your presence, bodies are healed, broken dreams are restored, and lives are transformed. Because with you, all things are possible. Lord, we say, as we worship, you are welcome here. Consume us. Change us. Give us visions and dreams. Give us your heart for the nations. Give us your heart for this generation. And Father, let our generation arise and demonstrate the kind of selfless faith that will change the world. Let a generation emerge that will manifest your love in the earth so that all will come to know you. As we worship, let your presence fill this room. Release signs, wonders, and miracles. We'll be changed. We expect an encounter with you. And we know we'll never be the same as we worship. As we worship. As we worship.
church in the name of jesus and the power of his blood i come before you lord recognizing that you are supreme in authority your power is great in the heavens and the earth and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men father i boldly approach your throne yet again this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride the church your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of god so let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature, all men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face, and turn from our wicked ways, 
Then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened, that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy, that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, a people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines and decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before unforgiveness and refuse to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, 
but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin, as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God, and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched, and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine, and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit, and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God, and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth, and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. 
I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name. May we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived. Let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth, preaching the word in and out of season, and making no provision for the flesh, while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you, that we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit that we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life, we give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says obedience is better than sacrifice and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen.
chapter 2 and verse 11. Joel chapter 2 and verse 11. And the Lord utters his voice before his army, for his host is very great, and they are strong and powerful who execute God's word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible, and who can endure it? Wow. Amen. Wow. Right. The day of the Lord is great and terrifying. Who can endure it? Well, you know, during the time of Amos and Hosea, a great locust plague invasion and a dangerous drought drive here where were destroying the southern kingdom of Judah. Well, you know, the prophet, which was a special messenger, Joel, sees that these events are a sign of judgment punishment from God. We in uh, Joel 2, let's look at verse 31 in Joel 2. Okay. All right. The sun should be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. So he's seen that. <clears throat> so he calls all people in Judah to renounce, turn away from sin, and return to God. He describes the locusts as the Lord's army. He sees their coming as God's punishment upon unfaithful Israel. Yes. Joel prophesies, foretells that God's future judgment will be far worse than the locust plague back then. But that same judgment will bring unequal without equal blessings to those who are faithful to the Lord and who obey his teachings. In other words, no matter how serious the judgment will be, it will lead to salvation for people whose hearts are open to the leading of the Lord. So no matter what comes and what's going on, our hearts should be open to the leading of the Lord so it will be a blessing to those that hearts are open. Yes. That's, that is the purpose, the purpose of it. Uh -huh, it is. That's the purpose of it. For those that have open heart, it will be a blessing to them. For those that know the Lord, it will be a blessing. Yes, it will. So now we're going to go to Joel chapter 1. And we're going to be re reading uh, 1 through 12. Now, we need to find out what is happening to the land of Judah. So, Joel chapter 1, reading 1 through 12. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Bethuel. Hear this, ye aged men, and give ear all you inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing as his occurred? 
as this occurred in your days or even in the days of your fathers, tell your children of it and let your children tell their children and their children another generation. So what the crawling locust left, the swarming locust has eaten, and what the swarming locust left, the hopping locust has eaten, and what the hopping locust left, the stripping locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep well all you drinkers of wine, because of the fresh sweet juice of the grape, for it is cut off and removed from your mouth. For a heathen and hostile nation of locusts illustrative of a human foe has invaded my land, mighty and without number. Its teeth are the teeth of a lion, and it has the jaw teeth of lioness. Whoa. It has, yeah, it has said, waste my vine, symbol of God's people, and barked and broken my fig tree. It has made them completely bare and thrown them down. Their branches are made white. Lament like a virgin, bride girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth who has died. The meal or cereal offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. The priest, the Lord's minister, mourn. Verse 10. The field is laid waste, the ground mourns, for the grain is destroyed, the new juice of the grape is dried up, the oil fails. Be ashamed, O ye tillers of the soil, well, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. In verse 12, the vine is dried up and the fig tree fails. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, and the apple or quince tree, even all the trees of the field are withered, so that joy has withered and fled away from the sons of men. So, you know, <clears throat> wow, that, that's, that's powerful. But the prophet Joel lived in a farming society, so he told the farmers that they should be upset over the loss of their grain and fruit harvest. The destruction of the land could upset the nation's economy for many years. But food, shade, and wood were lost. And there was a threat of topsoil erosion wearing away. Some fruit trees in Palestine took 20 years to grow before they could produce fruit. So the enemy army destroyed the land as a way of punishing the people it conquered. And this was because the land could not recover quickly. Wow, that was in Joel. Now we're gonna go to Deuteronomy 28 and 38. Um, Deuteronomy 28. And verse 38. Okay. <clears throat> All right. You should carry much seed out into the field and should gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. So Job describes the locusts in four different ways. 
like in Joel 1 and 4, to explain how terrible the plague was, the destruction caused by the locusts is made even worse by a long, dry season. And all of the crops that the farmers expected had dried up and died. The farmers become very sad because they had nothing to eat or sell. You know, it's kind of sounding like... Um, Today. <clears throat> I was just getting ready to I say... I mean, it sounds the like... Way the time... We've been like, having like a drought season. Right. And things are drying up. And, and, and it wasn't good last year for the farmers. Right. So we don't know what it's going to do this I year. I mean, no cat. Didn't have the, enough rain, remember? Uh, how our food supply is now. Oh, Look how high food is now. Look at all the chickens that died yeah. this year yeah. because of the disease that they had. Mm -hmm. uh, and and chicken, and, uh, the, the price of chicken and, yeah, yeah. went sky high. Eggs yes. was up to $7 a dozen. Uh, uh, $7 a uh, dozen. Uh, you know, because uh, uh, the chicken wouldn't land because it's so dry. I mean, we are right there at that time now, uh, as these people were then, uh, these things are beginning to happen and yeah. come. Think of all the tornadoes and, uh, and earthquakes and all these things were happening. These things are working in on us right now that God has told us that we're read in, his Bible, in the Bible and in the book and Lord's Word that will be coming up on us and they are coming slow. And slowly, and then picking up more and more the killing, the murders. I mean, look, these things was happening then, and they worked themselves up to this. Well, and like you right said, here. history is going to repeat itself. Yeah, it's just going to repeat itself, and it's doing it right now. Yeah. But the Lord has already prepared us, yeah, yeah. and His Word is. It shouldn't be anything new to God's people if we're paying attention. If you're watching, you should be watching on the wall. That's true. You know, and also, you know, the farmers did not even have seed for replanting. It got so bad. Got right. A I mean, terrible disaster such as this had never happened before back then. So Joel also announces the destruction of food crops such as grapes, grain, and oil. And, you know, let's look at Deuteronomy uh, 14, verse 23. Yeah. Okay, 14, 20. But see, we can't say, we won't be able to say that it never happened before. See, uh, because well, it has. Because it has happened. That's yes. why he's just taking us back to history. Yes. On what has happened back then. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23, it says, And you should eat before the Lord your God in the place in which he will cause his name and presence to dwell the title tenth of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the first firstlings of your herd and your flock, that you may learn readily to fear the Lord your God always. Also, we're going to look at Deuteronomy 18.4. Deuteronomy 18 and verse 4. Okay. The first of your grain, of your new wine, and of your oil, and the first or best of the fleece of your sheep, you should give the priest. That's right. Give the priest. That's right. So wheat and barley are the most important grains in Palestine. Vines and fig trees in the Bible are a symbol 
of God's blessing in the promised land. Wow, let's look at 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 25. 1 Kings. 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 25. Okay. Alright, 4, 25. 25. 1 Kings 4 and 25. Okay. Now Judah and Israel dwelt safely, every man under his vine and fig tree from Dan to Beersheba, all of Solomon's days. And see, that was God's blessing upon them. Let's look in Micah 4.4. 4. Yeah, that was a blessing that uh, God put up on them, 4.4. 4. Micah 4.4. And Micah 4, 4 says, But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. Oh, Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. So, you know, people in the Bible time often pictured peace and success as being able to sit under one's own vine and fig tree. But this is threatened now by God's judgment, punishment, because of the people's sin. Wow. Yeah. Because of their sin. Their what did he say? You know, harvest was a time of celebration and happiness. Let's look at Psalm chapter 4 and verse 7. Because of sin, they got themselves in trouble. That's right. The, the, like you said, it is the, the vine and the fig tree is threatened because of the sins of the people. So Psalm 4 and verse 7 says, You have put more joy and rejoicing in my heart than they know when their wheat and new wine have yielded abundantly. See, the land in Israel was a gift from the Lord. Yes. But it is it still belonged to who? It still belonged to God. Uh, you and always want to put everything before him. And everything already and, belongs and to God. As if it's ours, but it's not. It belongs to God anyway. That's why you always praise him and give him the glory. And everything what, and that everything, you have. Because it's already his. Already. That's why you always pray and give the glory to God. And ask God to make it work. Because it's his from the beginning. So that's why you always pray and, and give it to God and, and let God do the work. Let God bless you. Don't try to take authority on your own and make anything work in your life because it's not yours to make it work. That's right. Like you said, it still belongs to God. And see, Israel was expected to be a faithful steward, which is caretaker of the land. Above all, the people were expected to worship and obey God because he was the one who had given them the land in the first place. In the beginning. And they were supposed to take care of the land. Just like you're telling us, we are only caretakers See, of what we have right now. And we're not doing <laughs> we're yeah. not doing a good job of that. We're just as bad as Israel. We're pausing the, the land. The pause in the dirt, the we're not, air. We're, we're not we're, praising him for what he right. has continued to give us right. all these years. 
I mean, we're going on as if we gave ourselves these things right. and we're not taking care of it at all. We're polluting the air. We got, we're polluting the, the ground. We're polluting everything around us as if we own it and we have a right to do these things. And God has given these things to us to take care of it, cherish it, Amen. and treat it right. Treat it right. And we're doing just like those people in those days there. We're mistreating it, abusing it. And God said, uh-uh, don't, don't do my, my earth like that. I, I didn't put it in your care for you to treat it like that, for you to abuse it like that. Amen. We got, we put plastic, all kind of chemicals over in his land. Covering the air, cutting the air. down the trees that filters the air. Building parking lots, uh, asphalt parking lot, concrete, turn down the trees that filter the air and keep it clean. I mean, big tall buildings where uh, people can't get God's good sunshine. I mean, I mean, we get to turn it up. We run in the animals without the woods because we're turning down the woods and putting buildings and. I mean, just I'm really destroying it, pushing back the sea, building this and building that. God did not give us this to do that. That's right. That's why we have so many floods, um, because we have pushed back the water so much. And, you know, after a while, the water just starts taking back what, is, you know, what, belongs, what to belongs to them. Nature will That's take right. Nature back will take them. back. Nature will take back what's hers. We can only take control of stuff so long and let's start fighting back. That's right. Let's start fighting back, getting back what belongs to here. Here, nature will do that. Exactly. Because God did not put us here to destroy his nature. Amen. Let's go to Joel chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 13 through 20. Joel uh, chapter 1, 13 through 20, okay. Right. Gird yourself and lament, you priests, wail, you ministers of the altar, come, lie all night in sackcloth, you ministers of my Joel's God, for the cereal or meal offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders, and all the inhabitants of the land in the house of the Lord, your God, in the house of your Lord, of the Lord, your God, and cry to the Lord in penitent pleadings. Alas for the day, for the day of the judgment of the Lord is at hand and has a destructive tempest from the Almighty will it come. Verse 16. Is not the food cut off before our eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed grain rots and shivers, shivers under the clods. The garners are desolate and empty. The barns are in ruins because the grain has failed. How the beasts groan, the herds of the cattle are perplexed and huddled together because they have no pasture. Even the flocks of sheep suffer punishment or forsaken and made wretched. O oh Lord, to you will I cry, for the fire has devoured the pastures and folds 
of the plain and the wilderness, and the flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the wild beasts of the field pant and cry to you, for the water brooks are dried up, and fire has consumed the pasture and folds of the wilderness and the plain. Wow. Wow. Well, this is like a when the natural disasters, sudden misfortunes come, people ask many questions. The questions are, why did God let this happen? Well, why have some people lived while others have died? Is there a lesson here that we can learn? Well, Joel had no doubt that the locust plague could help people better understand God's plan for the universe. So, you know, when we read in chapter 1 with the Holy Spirit leading, Joel makes a comparison between the national crisis and the spiritual situation in the land. The locusts have left nothing that could be offered as sacrifice to the Lord. The grain offering and the drink offering were part of the daily offering in the temple. Let's look at that in Exodus 29 and 40. Exodus 29 and verse 40. Exodus 29 verse 40. 29. Okay, 29 verse, verse 40. 40. Okay. All right. And when the one lamb, a tenth measure of fine flour mixed with fourth of a hen of beaten oil and the fourth of a hen of wine for a drink offering to be poured it's like you said, the grain offering and the drink offering were part of the daily offering in the temple. So in Numbers 28, let's go to Numbers 28. Okay, Numbers 28. Starting in verse 5. Also, a tenth of the infa of flour for a cereal offering mixed with a fourth of a hen of beaten oil. It is a continual burnt offering which was ordained in Mount Sinai for a sweet and soothing odor, an offering made by fire to the Lord. Its drink offering shall be a fourth of a hen for each lamb in the holy place. You shall pour out a fermented drink offering to the Lord. And the, other, and the other lamb you shall offer in the evening, like the cereal offering in the morning, and like it, its drink offering, you shall offer it, an offering made by fire, a sweet and soothing odor to the Lord. So, you know, the cutting off of the sacrifice was terrible then, because look what, you know, when you read about the drink offering and, and the things they have to have, well, it's cut off. Yeah. So, but it should have have served as a warning to the people of their serious sinful condition. The loss of crops needed to offer the sacrifice was an example of the breaking of what? The covenant, the agreement between God and Israel. But unlike many of the other prophets, Joel did not spend much time making a careful study of people's failings. Joel was interested far more in the cure offered by God as Israel's doctor. Amen. So, you know, amen. so you could see the issue that was going on. They've been failing, and now... You know, for somebody to be God's favorite people, <laughs> boy, they were sheer hard-headed. Stiff-necked. Stiff-necked. Self-centered, prideful. 
Whining, yeah. I mean, but they got people, man. The babies are like witchcraft. Yeah. And God still loved them. God still, still, still loved them. Just like he like his backsliding people today. Yeah, He loved us. That's why I think about Hosea and all the backsliding and all the unfaithfulness, the spiritual adultery. We're doing that today. So this is really an example for us to learn from. Yeah, this is a fine example to show us uh, the type of, type of people we should not be. That's right, that's right. But I, I don't think we take heed to it. we take this lightly. Yeah, we're taking it much too lightly. Yeah. And God is speaking to us and telling us, don't do this. Turn from these wicked ways. Humble yourself. Seek my face. And we, we are ignoring it as if it did not ever happen. Exactly. Well, before we go on and talk more about a holy and just God in Joel, we are going to take a break, play a song. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64, Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing, End Time Bible Study.
Okay. And starting with verse 28, you know, verse 28 and 29. Okay, 2, 28 and 29. Okay. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall mm -hmm. prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the manservant and upon the maidservant in those days will I pour out my spirit. Amen. Amen. Yes. He said here at the end, mm -hmm. he will pour out his Holy Spirit. He will pour it out. And we got to be ready to receive it. That's Let right. me tell you what. God's going to pour it out. It's not up to us to ask God to help us get prepared for the Holy Spirit be poured out on us. And you know, they did that also in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 21. We're not going to go all the way through that, but that was on the day of Pentecost. Oh, Acts chapter 2, I have to get that, yeah. Because God is asking. We can read something in Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Okay. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all assembled together in one place. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven like the rushing of a violent tempest blast. And it filled the whole house in which they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were separated and distributed and which settled on each one of them. And they were they were all filled, disfused throughout their souls with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other different foreign languages, tongues, as the Spirit kept giving them clear and loud expression in each tongue in the appropriate words. Amen. Amen. See, that's why we have to ask for the Holy Spirit so we can help those that know nothing about it. Amen. We have to ask for it. That's why we ask God to give us more of his Holy Spirit. So we can, we can be a testimony to those that have no idea what the Holy Spirit is, how to get it, how to ask for it. And also you the, have the power through the Holy that's Spirit. That's right. So, you know, it was the promises given through Joel about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Following the outpouring of the Spirit, God will make Many unusual things happen in nature, both on earth and in the sky. In connection with the great day of God, the Lord, by the prophet of Joel, had promised a special showing of his spirit. Now, we read that in Joel 2, verse 28. This prophecy was probably fulfilled by the outpouring of the spirit on the day of Pentecost. But it will reach its complete fulfillment in the outpouring of God's grace, which will follow the closing work of the gospel. Mm. So, you know, Joel says that repentance will be followed by a great outpouring of God's spirit. Mm -hmm. So instead of, this will bring a wonderful renewal. And instead of destroying people, God will shower them with blessings. Amen. Amen. See, the Lord Amen. promises his people that his creation will be restored, established again, mm. and the nation will be set free from its enemies. Amen. So the Spirit is poured out upon God's people 
It is done in the same way. The anointing oil was poured upon the heads of the people who were chosen to do God's special work. You know, the Spirit is also a gift of power. See, that's power to the receivers so that they might do a special work for God. Let's look in Exodus 31, verse 2 through 5. Exodus, Exodus. Exodus 31. 31. Okay. So on verse 2, and we're going to read down to 5. All right. See, I have called my name by name Bezalel, uh, son of Uri, Uri, the son of Ur, Ur of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and ability and understanding and intelligence and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship to devise skillful works, to work in gold and in silver and in bronze, and in cutting of stones for setting and in carving of wood to work in all kinds of craftsmanship. So only this time the work of the Spirit should be worldwide. So at that great point in history, salvation will be available to all who want to what? Accept God. That's right. That, are, that have a heart that is right. willing and open to receive the heavenly Father. Right. That mean, now that means to receive that message. Mm-hmm. Receive the message that's going to come to you and you can open your heart and receive it or you can let it go by. Like you said, God's Spirit, amen, will fall on all the faithful men and women, no matter how old or young or rich or, or poor, poor they are. That's right. It's not going to pass nobody else. It's right. not going to pass nobody else. Everybody's going to have the opportunity to receive our heavenly power. That's right. It's a fulfillment of Moses' wish that all the, the Lord's people become prophets and that the Lord put his spirit upon them. Let's look at Numbers chapter 11 and verse 29. Numbers 11 okay. verse 29. 11 and 29. Okay. When Moses said to him, Are you envious or jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord will put his spirit upon upon them. Wow. Let's look at Luke chapter 9 and verse okay. 49 and 50 in the New Testament. Luke 9, 49 and 50. Luke 9, 49 and 50. John said, Master, we saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we commanded him to stop it, for he does not follow along with us. But Jesus told him, Do not forbid such people, for whoever is not against us, against you, is for you. It's for Amen. you. That's right. It's for you. And they're not against you. they got to be for you. good upon all right. flesh, those that are faithful men and women. So, you know, let's go to Joel chapter 2 again, and we're going to read 31 and 32. Joel chapter 2, 31 and 32. 
The sun should be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered and saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the remnant of the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Amen. Amen. See, there will come a day when the sun becomes dark and the moon changes to blood. These should not be looked upon as natural disasters. Instead, they should be looked upon as signs of the Lord's coming. You know, in Bible times, many pagan nations worship heavenly bodies as their gods. Well, this is something that Moses said the Israelites should never do. Let's look in Deuteronomy 4, verse 19. Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 19. Okay. And beware lest you lift up your eyes to the heavens, and when you see the sun, moon, and stars, even all the hosts of the heavens, you should be drawn away and worship them and serve them. Things which the Lord your God has allotted to all nations under the whole heaven. So, Joel's prophecy is saying that the idols of the nations will begin to fade away when the Lord comes in judgment. Joel chapter 3 and verse 15. Let's go back to that. Joel. 315. All right, 315. Again, said the sun and the moon are darkened and the stars which are the shining. As that even the stars will lose their power and will no longer give their light. But this is because the presence of the Lord's glory will outshine, have a stronger light than everything. That's powerful. Well, you know, he said, well, he said that he will be sitting on the king's throne mm. in heaven. There will be no need of a moon, no need of a stars, no need of the sun, no need of anything. And this that, is right before his coming. That's the, right. the, the sun and the, and the stars and stuff is not going to give the light because God's glory will outshine. Oh, yeah. Uh, I said, I, I said that's that. why you're saying that's that to say I'm, that. That's why I'm, you said that, and mm -hmm. then this is why I'm saying that. He'll be, he, he's going to be this here, and it's going to be in heaven. He's going to be the same thing. We won't gonna, need no, no, no moons and no stars because he will be our light. He will be our light. He will be our everything. Amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Amen. You know, in the in the Bible, the expression to call on the name of the Lord means to call oneself a follower of the Lord and to accept his promises. But it also can mean to preach God's name. This means witnesses to others about the Lord and what he has done for the world. Amen. So Abraham built altars and preached God's name in the land of Canaan. God announced his goodness and grace to Moses on Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. So the writer of the song called on the faithful to give thanks to God and call on his name by telling the nation what he has done. Mm -hmm. 
So when you look at Psalm 105, verse 1, let's look at that. Psalm 105. 105 and verse 1. Okay, verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his doings among the peoples. All right. <laughs> you know? All right. And that's a good idea. He, that's why he tells the praises. Well, you know, that's what he told the lady at the wedding. Hmm. Go uh, and tell them. About me. That's right. Amen. About me. <laughs> Don't tell them what I've done for you. You go tell them about me. He did that with the blind man, too. About me. He spoke that all through his work. Don't tell them nothing about what I did for you. Tell them about me. You tell them about me. Tell who I am. Tell me I, I, that Jesus is here. Mm -hmm. That was the man at the well. He knew all about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> you know, that's powerful. When, when you meet a man and he know more about you than you know about yourself. You got to tell somebody about that. You just can't let that you can't let that go. You can't let that slide when you meet a man that know more about you than you know about yourself and then know what you do know about yourself. <laughs> I tell you, you know that you got to tell somebody about that. You got to let somebody know. You got to let somebody know. I, I, I met a man that know more about me, and then he know everything that I do know about me. Boy, you <laughs> got to tell somebody. Yes, you yeah. got to tell somebody. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 4. Okay. Isaiah 12. You got to let somebody know. You got to let somebody know. You got to let somebody know. 12.4 And in that day you will say give thanks to the Lord call upon his name and by means of his name in solemn entreaty declare and make known his deeds among the peoples of the earth proclaim that his name is exalted yeah. Amen That's why I said you got to tell somebody yeah, you got to tell somebody. You got, you got to tell somebody. So, you know, to preach the Lord's name means two things. At least, it means to be a messenger of the glad tidings, which is the good news that's, that God still rules right. the world. That's right. And that, that's the good news. God done anything for you, you got to tell that good news. And everybody got good news to tell. Don't sit and say, well, I don't know. I, I, he went to the cross for you, didn't he? <laughs> Good news. That's right. He's your salvation, huh? Good news. Yep, huh? and it also means, just like you're saying, the good news, and also means to tell everyone about God's gift of salvation that is offered to every human being. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. That you. is a two thing. I'll get ready to hit it on that. Yeah, I was I'll giving it to you. You got that. <laughs> That's good news, let me tell you. If you don't know the good news, you just heard some of it. Yes, it did. That's right. Amen, amen. Yeah. And you know, in, in Job 3, let's go in Job 3. Okay, Job 3. You've been in Job all night. Job 3. But it's been really powerful. Yes, too. it has. I'm going to read a little bit of Job 3. 
For behold, in those days, and at that time when I shall reverse the captivity and restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat. And there will I deal with the execute judgment upon them for their treatment of my people and of my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and because they have divided my land. And they have cast lots for my people and have given a boy for a harlot and have sold a girl for juice of the grape and have drunk it. Yes, and what are you to me, O Tyre and Saddam and all the five small divisions of Philistine? Will you pay me back for something? Even if you pay me back swiftly and speedily, I will return your deed. Um, retaliation upon your own head. I'm just read, mm. I read some of that. So, you know, biblical prophets picture the coming judgment from God as the roaring of a lion, a sound that makes everyone afraid. Now, when you read, read in uh, 3, let's go down to 16. What does 16 okay, say? 16. Verse 16. The Lord, like you said, will thunder and roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be a reference for his people and a stronghold to the children of Israel. Mm. So in the Bible, Zion means the place of God's earthly throne in Jerusalem. From this place, God will punish the enemy. But at the same time, he will save his people who patiently await his victory. And nobody do Amen. that Amen. And they will share in his victory when he renews creation. Mm. And so he's going to do that. He's going to do that. He's going to do that. He's going to give our home back. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's right. He's going to give us our home back. Amen. And I want to be able to move in. Amen. I want to... You, See, you can't move in unless you got the new permit. Mm. Well, it's, it is difficult for some people to understand the Bible's picture of God, God's final judgment, but it is good to keep in mind that evil and sin are very real, and their forces are strong, and as they try to oppose God and try to destroy every form of life, God is an enemy of evil. Mm. That is why Joel's words call us to examine our lives so that we can be sure that we are faithful to God. If we are, we can be sheltered, protected on the day of judgment. All right. That's what I'm saying. On the day of judgment. That's what I'm saying. We got to be taking the right medicine. That's right. You can't get well unless you take the medicine from Jesus. Mm. I tell you, if you're taking this medicine from the earth, you're just going to get sicker and sicker and sicker. That's right. You won't Amen. ever get well. Let's go to Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. Matthew, all right. Matthew. Matthew, yes, sir. I'll tell you that. Matthew chapter 10, starting verse 28. 28, all right. We're going to read 28 and 9 right. and 30. All right, let's go. We got it. And do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. 
mm. but rather be afraid of him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two little sparrows sold for a penny, and yet not one of them will fall to the ground without your father's leave, consent, and notice. But even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So fear not, then you are of more value than any sparrow. Mm. Amen. Did you, that's good news, that's brother. Good news. So sad. That's good news, man. Did you hear that? That's right. That's good news. So you just remember the law supports help those persons who remain faithful. And God may bring destruction, ruin, condition upon the earth, but his people should not fear his acts of judgment because he has promised to protect them. So don't worry about what you hear on the news. Don't worry about what you read in the newspaper because God said, I have you in my hand. In the palm of my hand. So don't you worry about nothing. Because that's just a way of letting me let you know that I'm on my way back. That's right. So his merciful acts show that he is a faithful and promise-keeping God who never again will let the saints be put to shame. Amen. Oh, okay. Good news. <clears throat> Good news. So we thank you tonight for joining us right here on LPJ 64. We're going to play a song. Come back with closing comments, prayer, and our email address right here on LPJ64. Amen. In a world full of destruction, in a world where men don't. Trying to make it And the devil is always busy Trying to destroy and to deceive
what God is telling us if we would just humble ourselves and turn and pray he will heal the man then we turn from our wicked way but we we're getting like Solomon the more we're not turning we're running to him that's right you know in our closing comments here on LPJ 64 is the very important issues of eternity requires us to go beyond a religion of words and forms where truth is kept in the outer court. God asks for a revival and a reformation. The words of the Bible and the Bible alone shall be heard from the pulpit. But the Bible has been robbed of its power. And the result is that Christians have weakened spiritual lives. And in many sermons of today, there are no preaching that awakens the conscience and brings life to the soul. People who listen to sermons cannot say, did not our heart burn within us while Jesus talked with us by the way, while he opened to us the scriptures. There are many who are crying out for the living God. They are wishing for his presence. Let the word of God speak to the heart. Let those who have heard only false teachings hear the voice of him who can renew the soul unto eternal life. Amen. Amen. That is the truth. The Bible and the Bible alone. We need the teaching. We need our hearts to burn within us. Well, you, you know God's truth. We need the Bible and Reformation. God said his word like a two-edged sword. It's supposed to cut to make That's you right. think. And we got so many itchy ears sermons nowadays. 
feel good. You go in feeling good. You come out feeling good. But now nothing has touched the soul. That's right. So and really you go, go in the same and come out worse, really. That's right. The soul come out sicker than it did when it went, went in. But your flesh come out feeling good. Mm. Mercy, help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. And so now we have closing prayer. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a Study in his word each and every day that you may be blessed, that you may be strengthened, and that you may be protected in the end time as we talk about. So remember that if you have Bible questions or you need prayer, you can always email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. We thank you. And you can always check us out on Spotify, Amazon Music. Google Podcasts, Apple Connect, and more, and especially on Spreaker. So thank you so much, and have a blessed week, and good night.